so whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Clear out the room, I'm coming through, they wanna see what I'm about Yeah, I got skills, do it for the thrill, I'm on a paper route Extra, extra, read about it, I'm today's trying to tap it What's going on? It's your boy Dolo J and welcome back to the Kicking the Dolo podcast, a sports podcast where we talk about football and basketball, past, present, and future, top five, top ten stats, and more. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So, all right, man, I'm back with another NFL weekly episode. Week five has just officially commenced. And basically, we're going to go over and see that I predict the games right, how close did I get towards the stats, and things of that nature. So game one, we had the Broncos versus the Colts. I predicted a 14-21 victory for the Broncos, 230 yards from Russell Wilson, a touchdown and interception. Jonathan Taylor having 10 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Oh, Matt Ryan, excuse me. Matt Ryan, 230 yards. Russell Wilson having 225, two touchdowns, one interception, and Melville Gordon having 12 carries for 85 yards. So what actually transpired on the Thursday night game was a very, very lackluster game, very very boring to the people that I've talked about and even just like and you know when I speak amongst my friends and things of that nature um the game was just very lackluster very boring very bland plain and it just wasn't a very good game to watch now it ended up being a 12 to 9 victory for the Colts no team scored a touchdown Matt Ryan went 26 of 41 for 250 yards and two interceptions Jackson went for 13 carries for 62 yards and Pierce had eight receptions for 81 yards. Wilson had went 21 of 39 for 274 yards and two interceptions. Gordon, Melvin Gordon, rushed for 57, 54 yards on 15 carries, and Cortland Sutton had five receptions for 74 yards, and, a long, and his longest reception was 51 yards. So basically, like I said, both teams were very – the offenses were very stagnant. Um, They got a chance to get in the field goal range, and they capitalized – getting field goals, but it was very hard for each team to basically get the ball into the end zone. Now, people are saying, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, through his first five games as the Broncos starter has played very lackluster football. They're two and three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, It was a game against the 49ers that they won, and it was another game that they won. I'm trying to remember, but I think it was against the Houston Texans. But Russell Wilson probably only has four touchdown passes through five games, and that's not something that, you know, given given the fact that they gave up the draft capital and the players that they gave up for Russell Wilson, I don't think they feel like that was a fair trade in their estimation. Now, Russell Wilson could still turn it around. They say he suffered a torn lat against the Raiders. So what? how he goes about, you know, playing the rest of the season is yet to be seen. Will he miss a couple of games? And if he does, will he come back to being himself? But it was one play where he just heaved the ball up. Like, he just threw the ball up. It's like something I would do on Madden. Basically, when you try and throw off your back foot, when you just throw the ball up, and it's just like a very bad, long, deep pass. He just threw it down there. And I guess Cortland Southern was supposed to be the intended receiver, but I've really just seen nothing but Colts jerseys down there when he threw the ball. I think it was just a total miscommunication. The team as itself. You know, the defense looks pretty good, but the offense just looks pretty shaken. They're having a lot of delayed games. You know, they're one of the bottom five teams when it comes to scoring touchdowns. And to be beaten by the Colts, who, you know, has played, I mean, you know, has played lackluster football themselves. I think it was 
I want to say it was the coach that came out and said, you know, Matt Ryan has been getting us into games we just haven't finished. So I guess they're going to still just ride with Matt Ryan. But for the most part, it was a very, very, very lackluster game. All right. The next game we're going to go into is the Packers versus the Giants. Now, given the fact that Daniel Jones was injured and had an ankle sprain the previous game, I felt like that, you know, the Giants would lean heavily on Saquon Barkley, but I don't think they I didn't think they would ultimately pull out the win. I had the score being 10 to 24. Daniel Jones, if he played, probably go for 215 yards and interception. Saquon Barkley going for 21 carries for 115 yards and one touchdown. I had Aaron Rodgers going for approximately 225 yards and two touchdowns. And Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon Capone for at least 120 yards rushing, 65 yards receiving possibly, and at least a score of two. Now, what ultimately end up playing out end up being a 27-22 to 22 victory, basically, for the New York Giants. Daniel Jones went 21-27 of 27 for 217 yards. Saquon Barkley went for 13 carries. 70 yards and a touchdown. Darius Slayton had six receptions for 79 yards. Rodgers, he had he went for he went 25 of 39 for 222 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, he went for 13 carries for 63 yards. Randall Cobb had seven receptions for 99 yards. And Lazard, he had four receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown. So basically, what happened was the Packers were in control of the game. They were up, I believe. 20 to 10 going into the halftime and to only score maybe what two points in the second half and have the Giants come out and score 17 and ultimately end up losing the game. Now it was a situation where I think they were going down to try and take the lead. And I think they went for it on third and fourth down and they failed to um, convert. I think it was two incompletions by Aaron. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, but I seen, I heard something, and I think it was A.J. Dillon after the game basically saying that, not A.J. Dillon, it was Aaron Jones, I'm sorry. Aaron Jones basically saying him or A.J. Dillon could have at least picked up them two yards, and he would have liked to have a shot to, you know, to pick up the two yards instead of the team throwing. Now, I don't see that. A lot of people may see that as a shot towards either Aaron Rodgers or the coach, Matt LaFleur, but I, as a football player, I just believe, and as a competitor, period, I just feel like he just wanted the ball. I don't think he was sliding anything. I think he was just telling everybody, hey, we had a chance to, you know, possibly go out and win the game. And, you know, me being the competitor that I am. And the Packers do have a very decent run game with, you know, him and A.J. Dillon. Basically, he just wanted the football. So I don't see that as a shot at nobody. I just think as a competitor, you know, as a guy playing at the highest level and you getting paid to do this, you know, and, and obviously it's got to be a love for it as well. He just wanted the ball, man. So it's kind of upsetting to see the Packers, you know, lose this game. I believe they're four and two. But, you know, I think Minnesota might be at the top of the division. It might be four and two or they're no, they're three and two, excuse me. Not four and two, they're three and two. But yeah, Minnesota is now leading the division by, you know, win-loss record, but I don't think they're winning the in-conference play. Um, if they if Green Bay and Minnesota's tied. Then oh actually Minnesota did beat Green Bay week one so actually Minnesota is, should have the lead in the division. But it's gonna be real interesting to see how you know they bounce back next week and you know. So all right we're gonna go to the Dolphins and Jets game. I had the game being twenty one to twenty four the Jets way. I had Bridgewater passing for approximately two hundred twenty yards, one touchdown and one interception. I had Chase Edmonds 
you know, being the feature back, basically having 15 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. And I also believe that Zach Wilson will go for about 200 yards passing, one touchdown and two interceptions. I believe Hall would have carried the ball 15 times for 50, anywhere from 55 to 70 yards and have a possible touchdown. So what ultimately ended up playing out was a complete and total beat down now bridgewater did go out after passing one attempt after one pass attempt in the first quarter i also i ultimately believe that that pass attempt ultimately ended up being an intentional grounding if i'm not mistaken but yeah he was concussed in the first quarter and then Skylar thompson had to come in and finish off the game basically for the dolphins he went 19 of 33 for 166 yards and one interception raheem Mostert he went 18 carries for 113 yards and one touchdown Tyreek Hill had seven receptions for 47 yards. Now, Zach Wilson, he had he went 14 of 21 for 210 yards, four carries for two yards and one touchdown. Hall, he had 18 carries for 97 yards and one touchdown. He also had two receptions for a combined 100 yards. So basically, he had 197 yards from scrimmage. And Mike Carter had 10 carries for 21 yards and two touchdowns. So basically, the Jets... I believe they had, what, maybe four rushing touchdowns? I want to say they had about four. Yeah, four rushing touchdowns. And it was just too much. When Bridgewater went out the game, it was just like feast. It was just like they were just going to feast, given the fact, you know, Skylar Thompson, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't had a lot of NFL experience, like in-game experience. Now, he's probably played on the practice squad and probably had a lot of practice. But in-game, playing in-game was just something totally different. And, you know, the Jets took advantage of that. The Dolphins, you know, they lost their last two games after winning their first three. They were looking pretty good. But now, given the fact that they lost Tua and Bridgewater, it's going to be real real interesting to see how they go about the rest of the season. Because I know it, given the fact of what's going on with Tua, they're going to at least keep Teddy Bridgewater in concussion protocol for at least this week. I don't think he's going to play next week. So for the next week, or two, you know, Bridgewater, they're going to be monitoring him. I've seen something where I believe Tua is getting monitored every 12 to 14 hours at the Dolphins facility. So it's real interesting to see what they're going to do about that. Now, I do have them losing some games. They might ultimately end up falling to the bottom of the AFC East, given the fact that Buffalo, you know, they're starting back to play good. And they just you know, ran over the Pittsburgh Steelers basically 38-3, to and now the Jets are starting to, you know, come around and play some decent football. You know, their defense is pretty good. They came back on the Steelers last week, and, they, you know, they beat down the Dolphins this week. is good. And I think this was snapping a 12-game losing streak to division rivals. So that's what losing uh, – I think it goes back maybe like at least two or three seasons. So for them – to pass to ultimately be, I might, I think they might be. It's something like all the teams are right there because I know the Patriots just won. They got their second win of the season. The Dolphins they have three wins, so they might. And now the Jets have three wins. So with the tiebreaker, with I think the Jets have the tiebreaker. So it's a possibility the Jets could be second actually in the AFC East, which is something we haven't said in a long time, basically since like the Mark Sanchez days, Rex Ryan days. Back when they, you know, used to put Tom Brady out the playoffs occasionally. And, you know, they made it to an AOC championship game. Now, the next game we're going to go into is basically it's going to be the Bengals versus the Ravens. I had it being 24 to 28 the Ravens way. 
I feel like Joe Burrow would have passed for about 235 yards and two touchdowns. Joe Mixon would go for about 80 yards on 16 carries and one touchdown. And I also had Jamar Chase having, you know, seven receptions for at least 70 yards. Lamar Jackson, I feel like, would have passed for 240 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. J.K. Dobbins, I felt like, would have went for 17 carries and 95 yards and possibly a touchdown. And I feel like Mark Andrews would have had a big game going for eight receptions, anywhere from 80 to 100 yards and a possible touchdown. What actually happened was still a good game. It wasn't as high scoring as I thought, and, you know, but it definitely, definitely went down to the wire. Now, Joe Burrow, he went 24-35 for 217 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He also had three carries for six yards, and he had the go-ahead touchdown with a minute and 58. Joe Mixon had 14 carries for 73 yards. Hayden Hurst had six receptions for 53 yards and a touchdown. And Jamar Chase had seven receptions, so I got the number of receptions right, but I didn't get the yards right. He had 50 yards receiving. Lamar Jackson went 19 of 32 for 174 yards, one touchdown and one interception. He also went for 12 carries, 58 yards. J.K. Dobbins, he had eight carries for 44 yards. And Mark Andrews had eight receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. Justin Tucker hit the game-winning field goal as time expired. So basically, um, Lamar Jackson, he, him and Jalen Hurts and my, were basically everybody's opinion of like one-two as far as like the MVP race goes. Now, the Eagles, we're going to talk about the Eagles game after this, but the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, he didn't have the best game passing. It's just like both of them kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily struggled this week, but they didn't basically put the type of performance that they had the previous week and the previous games of the season, given the fact that the Eagles are still undefeated. But the Ravens, even though that they did lose a game, where they lost two games, Lamar Jackson was still looking like a possible MVP candidate. But this game, um, it's just a couple throws that he missed. And now some throws, he he made some excellent throws, but some throws he just missed. It was one, I think it set up the Bengals touchdown. He overthrew the receiver. He was wide open on the right side of the field. He overshot him. And then um, it wasn't Jesse Bates. It was the other other um safety. It was the strong safety who came and intercepted the ball, if I'm not mistaken. And that's just stuff that, you know, Lamar, you want Lamar to make those type of throws, you know, to progress as a passer as he goes along. Now, occasionally, given the fact that everybody is human, you're still going to make an error. But um, I think right there that is a possibility that he could have, you know, put the game away there. But ultimately, it ended up letting Cincinnati get back into the game. Now, they did end up taking the lead, like I said, on a touchdown from Joe Burrow rushing with a minute and 58 left. Now, you would have wished the defense would have held up, but Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. He's going to do his thing. He's a dual-threat quarterback. He can pass, but mostly known for his running, as everybody knows. But he's improved his passing this season, I believe. Now, he still might have some strides to take, yes. But we already know what Lamar Jackson does and what he's known for, man. So. It was a real good. It was a real good game, though. Like I said, not as high scoring. It still went down to the wire, like I thought it would. But the Ravens ultimately came and you know bounced back and got a win. Now the Eagles. It was a possibility for this game to go into overtime, but the Cardinals missed the game time field goal as time expired. Jalen Hurts with twenty six of thirty six for two hundred thirty nine yards, fifteen carries for sixty one yards, 
and two touchdowns rushing. Sanders had 15 carries for 58 yards, and Dallas Goddard had eight receptions for 95 yards. Kyler Murray, he went 28 of 42 for 250 yards, one touchdown and one interception, four carries for 42 yards. James Conner, he had nine carries for 55 yards, and Hollywood Brown had eight receptions for 78 yards and one touchdown. Now, the Cardinals, they were in this game, you know, it looked like they were out of it early, but they, you know, they stormed back and fought back. And, you know, the Eagles ultimately, you know, just held serve. Now, this is a game that I don't – this is a game that you win when you're a championship team. Last week they were down by 14, came back. This week they were up big and the other team storms back, but they ultimately, you know, stopped the comeback. Every championship team have games like that. Have You know, it's going to be a game where you win a shootout, where you get a, where you can't stop a team the whole game and you just get to start when you need it. It's going to be a game just like last week when you're down and you have to come back and play and, you know, fight your way back into it. And it's going to be a game where you're up big and the team that you're playing comes back. Now, they've played two of them game type of games so far. Ultimately, you know, Jacksonville is okay. The Cardinals haven't been what we expected them this season. So, you know, you would like the Eagles to prove themselves against, you know, maybe more talented teams, maybe one of the top teams in the league. But they're going to have a chance to play a couple of top teams in the league. You know, I wouldn't necessarily – Dallas is looking pretty good. The Giants are looking pretty good. They have two teams in their division that they're going to play. So it's going to be real interesting to see, real interesting to see. But they ultimately held on for the victory. I didn't end up – I did not try to predict this game at all. But it was real, you know, of course I'm just going to keep up with the undefeated team in the league. And we're going to see how long they go. You know, they're 5-0 right now. It's a possibility. Could they go 6-0? and Could they go 7-0, and 8-0? Now, I don't believe they're going to run the table and go 17-0. But, you know, if they keep playing like this, it's a possible, you know, maybe 14-3, 13-4, maybe 15-2 type of vibe. The Eagles are still looking pretty good this season. Now the Cardinals, on the other hand, like I said, we don't we didn't expect them to get out to the type of start that they're getting out to. I believe they're two and three. Now they beat the um they beat the Raiders. They beat the Raiders, yes. But and you know they came back, but it's just getting out to these slow starts. You want them to come out and get more points. A slow they came out and had a slow start week one against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs put a, a, a spanking on them for sure. Chiefs put a, a, a complete beat down, smack down, whatever you want to call it. They just came out and obliterated them boys. So the Cardinals, you know, I, of course, everything is not working out. It's still a lot of football to be played, as I say, with every team, you know, even the teams that are doing bad. There's still a lot of football to be played, and it's going to be real interesting to see, you know, can they turn this season around? Because their their division is up for grabs. Seattle, I think the only team that won in their division this week, I want to say, was the 49ers, and they played the Carolina Panthers. But other than that, you know, their division is kind of still up for grabs. I think everybody is within, like, maybe one loss or one win ahead or something like that. So, I think every yeah everybody in their vision is either three and two or two and three. So you know depending on how they play each other, you still have a chance to win that division. So they're they're not out of it yet. They still could possibly get a wild card, but they can't keep losing games like this, and they cannot keep getting out to slow starts. 
you know, starts where they don't score in the first quarter or only score three in the first quarter or don't score in the first half or only have three in the first half and then they try and come turn it on late. Because, you know, a lot of teams, you can't turn it on late against them. Like the Chiefs, they put up 21, but you gave up like 44, 45 points. You see what I'm saying? You can't stop. You can't start. You know what I'm saying? Start late. Get out to a slow start against good teams, especially teams that can really put up points because you're already behind the eight ball in that fact, in that sense. You know, but going on to the very last game, the game that just commenced not well a couple of hours ago. Well, I'm recording this at three in the morning, so maybe four or five hours ago, it may maybe over. And I had the Raiders losing to the Chiefs. I thought it was going to be a 17 to 31 game. I had Derek Carr going for about 230 yards passing, two touchdowns. Josh Jay was going for 14 carries, 65 yards, a possible touchdown. Adams, I felt like he was going to have at least five receptions for 65 yards. I knew he was going to have a touchdown. Um, Pat Mahomes, 300 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. I saw Edwards Lair having 15 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. And I also see Travis Kelsey having, you know, eight receptions for 105 yards and also a touchdown. What ultimately ended up happening was a very good game, a very close game, a game that the Raiders basically, they won the first half. Now they got a questionable call, roughing the passer call. Very, very questionable. I see some similar to how um, Tom Brady got against the Atlanta Falcons that, you know, derailed the Falcons comeback. But it also, it ultimately ended up being a 29-30 to 30 game, very close game. So the Chiefs, they scored around what I thought they was going to score. I thought I didn't think the Raiders would score an extra 12 points, but – Derek Carr ended up having 241 yards off of 1930 passing, two touchdowns. He had one carry for three yards. Josh Jacobs had a heck of a game, 21 carries for 154 yards and one touchdown. Devontae Adams had a heck of a game, too. Three receptions for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Pat Mahomes, he went for 292 yards, 29 of 43, four touchdowns, four carries for 28 yards. McKinnon had eight carries for 53 yards. Valdez Scanlon had six receptions for 90 yards. And Travis Kelsey might have had maybe the best 25-yard receiving game I have ever seen, which is kind of crazy to say, given the fact that he had seven receptions. Like I said, 25 yards, but he had four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. If you're going to only have 25 yards and seven receptions, if I have four touchdowns, I'm good. I'm good. Four touchdowns. How you let the man score four? Like, and then the fourth touchdown was basically he was lined up on the right side of the line. Things was lined up on the right end of the line, and he just basically just did a route, and he was wide open. Like, he had three touchdowns already. Why was nobody guarding? Like, they just knew it was going to be a run play, I guess. But still, if that's your man, if you're lined up in front of him or whatever, I'm staying with him or something. Because that man was just wide open. Busted coverage, blown coverage. Another t- the, the third touchdown he had, basically when he caught the ball and then he reversed field, missed tackles. You know, like I said, he might have had the best 25-yard receiving game I've ever seen. And it didn't even, like, I was watching it with a friend of mine, my homeboy, Juwan, and it just really, as I was watching the game, it just didn't feel like Kelsey had, like, four touchdowns. It felt like he had, like, two. 
But the fact that he ended up with four touchdowns, all of Pat Holmes, Pat Mahomes' touchdowns went to Travis Kelsey. Now he still was finding other receivers to get down the field. Hartman was doing this thing; they were running the ball well with McKinnon and also Edwards Alaire. Valdez Scantlin was getting in on the fun. He was also finding Juju Smith Schuster. You know, he was spraying the ball around. But when it got to well, when they got in the red zone, Travis Kelsey was getting that ball. Or when they needed like a, a what, maybe two, maybe three, four yards on third down, Travis Kelsey was getting that ball. Like I said, it might have been the best 25-yard receiving game I've ever seen. So the Chiefs ultimately pulled out a victory. Now the Raiders, they did go for two and try and take the victory, take the lead. Now, ultimately, I know thinking back on it, they probably not, the coach is probably gonna, you know, Josh McDaniels is probably gonna say he doesn't regret the decision. He possibly is gonna say that, hey, I understand why you feel that way because I would have kicked it, and then you know, if the game would have played out how it would have played out, then it just would have ultimately end up going into overtime. But then again, you can't really see the future. You don't know that the game would have played out that way. They could have kicked their point, and then Kansas City could have went down there and basically, you know scored a touchdown or kicked the field goal or whatever it may be. So they just played the win, went for the lead. I mean, I don't see – like I said, personally, if I was there, I would have kicked it. But then again, I don't have any NFL experience coaching or playing or anything like that. So maybe my opinion doesn't really matter too much. But I feel like they should have just basically kicked the extra point. But this has been, you know, NFL Weekly Episode 4. I will come to y'all with episode 16 on Thursday or Friday, and we'll basically be going over more of the NBA preseason, and I'll be giving y'all my predictions of NFL week six. So this has been your boy Dolo J. This has been the Kicking the Dolo podcast. And until next time, tap in or miss out. Peace. So. Uh, clear out the room, I'm coming through, they wanna see what I'm about Yeah, I got skills, do it for the thrill, I'm on a paper route Extra, extra, read about it, I'm today's trying to tap it